0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Recess, where we bring together entrepreneurs who have dared to color outside the lines and take an action to live life on their own terms. Today's guest is Danny Miranda. Danny is the charismatic host behind the Danny Miranda podcast and has a whopping 400 plus episodes under his belt with some of our era's most disruptive thinkers like Gary Vaynerchuk, Alex Hermozzi, Robert Greene, Iman Godze, and Derek Sivers, to name a few. Danny is someone who inspires you to think bigger and is living proof that you can do what you put your mind to with enough optimism and tenacity. And this was a really fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Awesome. Well, it's an honor to have you on here, Danny. Um, You've honestly been an inspiration for Jacob and I. You know, like we basically started a podcast after having nothing and seeing how much you've done in such a short amount of time. It's been a, it's been pretty remarkable. So, congratulations on all you've achieved. Um, but before we get into the podcast, I want to ask you something. So, about five years ago, you wrote this email to your friend Tej, right, where you were in this rut and you didn't feel like doing anything. And then nine days later or so, you started 75 Heart. And for those of you who don't know, that's basically this 75 day challenge where you complete a series of tasks such as like two workouts a day, one outdoors, no alcohol, a gallon of water, all these hard things. And by the end, you were able to do these things that you said you were going to do. Talk about how doing 75 hard changed your life and what advice you would have for other people who feel like they can't find the motivation to do the things that they tell themselves they're going to do.
1: Yeah, I was in that place for a long time. And you could see the email that I wrote in Andy Fursella's episode, episode 346 of the podcast, where it's just like, How is that person, the same person who's doing three episodes a week, right, for the past three years? And the reason and how I'm able to do the output that I put out on the podcast is because I've built the trust with myself that I am someone who says, who does what they says they're going to do. And 75 Hard for me was the program that got me in the frame of mind of believing that I could actually be a disciplined person, that I could actually do the things that I wanted to do. I would start things and then stop and start and stop over and over and over again. And I was like, why is this happening? Am I I guess I'm just that person. I guess I'm just that person who's not capable of following through on their word because I haven't I don't have any evidence to suggest that I can. But what I realized is I'm really just like a daily person. And when I flow in that daily cadence of doing something every single day, um, it, it helped build the confidence for me and helped me get in that rhythm. So that was that was really impactful. That was an important moment. And then to interview Andy like four years later, it's incredible. Like just the whole thing was mind blowing to me.
0: That must have been a really cool like, full circle moment. I saw the clip of you and Andy talking about that when you had first met. Um, and it also kind of reminds me of two of your friends and guests you've had on your podcast, Hermosi and Chris Williamson. They once had a conversation where Hermosi was like, I'm sure you know the quote, you'd all build confidence by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. So I'm a big fan of that. I, I love
1: that saying. And then I, the opposite end of that spectrum is David Senra, who studied all of these incredible founders over the past what hundreds of years like he goes through biographies and reads them and he says time and time again belief comes before ability so i i love for quote it's true you only believe when you see that you can do something but why does senra say after studying all these people that they believe before they could so just an interesting
0: have you heard the the four minute mile story roger Roger bannister bader yeah yeah go ahead and like summarize it So basically, no one believed, they thought
1: it was physically impossible for someone to actually accomplish a four-minute mile. It seems crazy like that it could actually be done in the first place. And then this guy, Roger Bannister, did it in, what, 1973 or in the 70s or 80s, something like that. And then afterwards, everybody starts, there were more and more people who could finally break the four-minute mile. And so I think that speaks to the fact that a lot of times we underestimate our own capabilities i mean i'm i just interviewed this woman candace burt who ran 200 ultra marathons in 200 days oh my god 200 200 days straight of 32 miles a day and you sit there and you're like that seems impossible that seems unbelievable that seems crazy and she's like this is the new standard this is what humans are capable of now who's going to do 300 who's going to do a thousand someone will and so I think it's cool to have those examples like Roger Battister breaking the form of a mile of like, what if we actually believed in ourselves as much as we really, like like what if we believed in ourselves more? I'm, I'm always fascinated by that because there are so many people who tell you you can't or you won't or it doesn't make sense or it's not realistic. It's like, 100%. come on, man. Be, be more unrealistic. Believe more in yourself because you are capable of far
0: more than you can imagine currently in this moment. I love that. It reminds me a lot of what like, David Goggins preaches as well. Um, but Darren Rouse, does that name ring a bell? He's an Australian blogger, and I believe one of your early influences. Talk a little bit about how you came across his content as a kid and what inspired you to kind of make a blog and just post content online from a from a young age. I don't know what inspired me to, to start a blog. I just knew that it was in me,
1: too. I wrote commandyourtime.com was my website. And I wanted to teach people time management habits to help them live a happier life, 13 years old. And I wrote this blog and I said to myself, who's the best at blogging? And it turned out to be this guy named Darren Rouse. He had this website and the book called Pro Blogger. And I studied it and I loved learning from him. And I, I was like, "This is this is so cool. Some people like get paid to write blogs. Like I wanna be that person. And I didn't have the the discipline to stick with it at that time or the belief in myself. But those were early foundational memories of
0: who, who I was later to become. You know what, you know what I find hilarious, Danny? I just recently found out about your the the blog newsletter you would write called The Tuesday Treasure. And this is crazy because simultaneously I had a newsletter called The Tuesday Toast, where I would send out my four favorite tweets from the week with my own like added commentary. Um, So I just thought that was like a crazy coincidence that we had in common. Um, So you stopped that newsletter for some time because of a lack of bandwidth or something of the sort. Um, How do you kind of, what what led you to reprioritize your focus to stop that and move your time and energy towards going into the podcast full time? I was just loving the podcast. I was getting more energy from the podcast than anything else. And I noticed
1: how in the, when I started the newsletter, I was more, it was better. And so that's an interesting sign too. It's like if you've done it 50 times and the 50th is worse than the first, that's something to think about. It doesn't mean I should have stopped the newsletter necessarily. It just means that like it's it's worth noting. Why is that the case? It's because I was getting less energy from the newsletter. And so if
0: I was getting less energy from the newsletter, I said, I'm getting more energy from the podcast. Let's double down on that. I, I resonate with that a lot. It was kind of the same thing in my head too, where I was like, okay. I started the newsletter so I can improve my communication skills, and I'm not. If I'm not finding energy from writing online, I might as well go all in on the podcast because that's where I can also work on the communication skills. So, same thing around. But kind of now getting into the podcast a little bit, I listened to your first episode. I remember, and the way you started out the the podcast with Tage was so. Tell us a little bit about yourself, right? Which most people would consider a pretty average question, um, and then looking at your podcast now, where you just start your podcast with some crazy in-depth research or fact about the guest. And I've seen that like famous compilation that's gone around of all of your guests saying like, wow, Danny, like you really do your research. Um, It's just night and day from the beginning to now what you're doing 400 episodes later. So talk a little bit about your research process and what preparation you actually do before getting these guests on the podcast. So the research preparation that I do
1: is I'll break down the what I do and then like why I do it. Cause I think that's important to note. I'll start with why, like the reason why I'm doing this research is because I want the guests to feel comfortable. I want the guests to feel like they're, they can be their true selves around me. And who do we feel most comfortable around? We feel most comfortable around our friends and people who really care about us. So that is the, the start of it. Like for example, you mentioning Darren Rouse, I already feel a warmth in my heart because I'm like, Well, he took the time to know that Darren Rouse was important to me when I was 13 years old. So why I do the research is to get the guests to open up more. If I can get on their side, if I can get them to understand I'm really with you, I'm on your team, and I wanna make you look as good as possible, that is what I'm doing the research for. How I do it, it's going and listening to podcast guest appearances of that person. It's going through Google, it's going through Twitter, and there are tactics that I include in my new course, Interviewing.com, But that is not like the tactics to me are less important than the
0: intention behind the tactics. I see, I see. And how about in terms of figuring out like what kinds of guests you want to bring on the podcast and like your outreach process? I think it's people just to inspire me. People who I'm, who light something up in me of like, this person,
1: this woman is running 200 ultra marathons in 200 days. Crazy. And, and sometimes it's not like a, Like people, some people have been like, yeah, this billionaire wants to talk or this. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm just, I need to be interested in them. And so to me, that's the most important thing. And, you know, a lot of people I've gotten messages. Oh, it's my dream one day to be on your podcast. And I'm like, I feel like that is, how do you know I'm going to be interested in you? Mm -hmm. You know, like you could have amazing accomplishments and right. Like this woman who ran 200 ultra marathons in 200 days. I'm not interested in that until I start running, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." So, I I always think about that. Like, it's it's so cool, and I'm so honored and humbled that people want that recognition from me in some way or to be on my show. But I'm always like, "You don't know what I'm going to care about three years from now. It could have nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. Like, could be about parenting or
0: about you know like something random." So, totally agree. So one of those people who you were kind of inspired by early on was uh, Gary V, right? And I love this story that you've shared before of how he, you basically tweeted out how he was one of your like dream guests to have on. And then your friend Logan tagged him in the comments and Gary eventually like responded like, screw it, I'm down, let's do this. Talk about the power of building in public and just putting your thoughts out for the world to see and how that's kind of helped you manifest these, these desires to turn into reality. Do you have any other cool moments like that? Yeah. Um I mean Tom Billiu, same thing happened
1: with Tom Billiu. Uh he came on the podcast, I believe episode 127 or 128 and maybe it was 126 in the 100 range and I put out a list of my dream guests and he was one of them and he said what do you want to talk about? And I said I quickly googled Tom Billiu and interesting angles to take that he was interested in and that I wrote them and he said, yeah, I'm in like, let's do it. So I'm constantly just creating reality. And that's the the coolest part about living is like creating a reality that you actually want to live in. And I am, I'm constantly trying to figure out ways to do that. And you're constantly, I'm doing that right now when I'm taking a drink of water you are manifesting reality in that moment. You are getting... And so to me, I view it as no different. There's no difference between me saying, here's a list of my dream guests like Gary Vaynerchuk, and here, let me take the sip of water. Like, what if you actually believe that? Like, that would change the way you approach life. That would change the way you think about everything you think about because you would realize it has significance. It matters, and it it does. And so I realized very early on that uh, I could use Twitter to make friends. I could use Twitter to interact with my heroes and connect with people. And I've done that over the past three years. But even before, when I was 15 years old, I, I wanted to go to Gary V's book signing. And it was a school night. I was 15 and my mom was a good mom. So she's like, you can't go to school on a, a school night. That's There's no chance. So I sent Gary a message saying, hey, man, I wish I could make the the book signing in New York City tonight, but I can't make it. My mom said it's a school night. He DMs me immediately and is like, what's your mom's number? And Oh, my God. He calls her on the spot and says, hey, Miss Miranda, I think your son will get more value from this book signing than he will get from doing his homework. And he was right. And I ended up going to the book signing, took a great picture with him, connected with him, and used that as the opening sentence or the opening story for the podcast I recorded with him in December of 2020, where... That was episode 39 of the the podcast, which is crazy looking back. And I just posted a
0: clip from it today. But yeah, just incredible. Yeah. in story of the power of Twitter. That is absolutely remarkable. And and speaking of kind of the power of Twitter, how have you thought about building like a, a long-term engaged audience? Um, do you focus more on like growth of your podcast and like using Twitter for that or just connecting with like the current fans that you already have? How do you think about that? Yeah. I don't think too much about growth. I think about just doing my thing and
1: just watching the world unfold. And if I grow, I grow like by grow. I mean, the more people see it. And if I don't, it's all good. Like I am completely content. Just, I mean, there are more people right now who want to be friends with me than I can be friends with. That's a, that's a very privileged position to be in, but that is one that I'm, I'm really grateful to have. And it's, and it can, could be overwhelming if you're like, well, they everyone wants my time everyone wants my attention everyone wants uh me to be with them in some way and so how how can I scale that well I can scale it through content I can scale it through putting stuff out there so that's kind of how I think about it I mean I'm I'm not the best at growth I know there's so many things that I could do to grow the show faster or better and I'm open to hearing it but I also like don't really care
0: because I'm living the dream every damn day and I'm the most successful person I know there you go so, man that's that's the life. That's the life where you focusing on putting out the best product that you can put and having the best conversations with your guests and instead of focusing a lot on growth, putting your effort into literally the research behind the guests, you as a byproduct are attracting so many people to your podcast, so many people to your brand who just kind of want to learn more about you and that's kind of why we wanted to have you on the podcast as well. Um but who are some of the I guess podcasters that you look up to the most, and how have they kind of inspired you over time as you when you were starting out the podcast and then even now? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. It's hard to just say if a
1: couple, but I'll you know, Tim Ferriss, when he did research, I always felt like he was appreciating me. Like <laughs> I was listening to his podcast, and I would hear him say, well, I was doing research and I found out in this 2007 New York Times article, this, this, and I'm like, oh my God, he went to that length to give that person a moment. Like, I appreciated that so much. Um, the first podcast I ever listened to, I think, was part of my take with Big Cat and PFT. And my friend and I drove to Maine and back, and we we listened to that. And that was a cool, like, experience of like, wait, what? These guys are putting out audio? It's like radio? But what is this exactly? Um, Rogan has been very influential just for his longevity and his endurance and his, he does three episodes a week for 10, 12 years now. I do three episodes a week for three years, you know? And I think that has played a huge role in, in why I do it the way I do it. Chris Williamson, I love how he's one of the first people who's made it as a podcaster. He wasn't anything before. as He was a, um, a nightclub owner and a reality TV star, but the fact that he made it as a podcaster, as his first thing, online to me was really exciting and like gave me a good blueprint and uh Stephen bartlett for his therapy and his ability to be with the guests and sit with them and sit with their emotions i I love that part of him so as you can see uh, sean evans like i could go on and, on and on yeah i mean it i'm inspired by everyone and that's, that's part of the success of the show you know because i'm actually i actually look for the light in other people
0: that's a really cool like full circle moment when you get to that see these people you look up to and then you have them on as guests where you get to kind of explore their worlds from whatever lens you want to you take at that. And I remember very clearly um, in your podcast with Chris Williamson, he's a very soothing voice, by the way. He's, I, I like him a lot. But you talked about how he is someone who is kind of on the come up at that time. And you said he would be like a household name in five years. And now, I mean, look at him. And you talked about how like eloquently he can speak on such a wide area of topics and I do. That's exactly how I feel about you, honestly. So it's Thank been an honor to kind of see you grow through the podcast. So now 400 episodes later, um, what trends have you noticed that make for like the best conversations? Um, I know you just launched your course, The Art of Interviewing. It's already done like 20K in sales so far. So congrats on that. But what have you learned through the podcast itself that allows you to connect with people on a more deep, deeper level? Um, Yeah. I think what I've learned is that
1: what, what's been fascinating for me is learning how people who are amazing podcasters and who are so present in a podcast, a lot of them, not all, this is a generalization, but a lot of them are not present in real life. And like they've, they've said, like Taylor Rooks in, a, in our episode, she's an incredible podcaster. She's so present, but she herself doesn't view herself as a present person in day to day. And this was like, whoa, like how? And oh my God, if you get more present in your day today, you're going to be a better podcaster. I view the podcast as a way to teach myself presence, as a way to really be there with someone, as a way to be a mirror for someone. And the better I can do at that, the more I can show the truth to the person I'm talking to. So I think that the podcast has taught me presence more than anything else, which has allowed me to be a better human being, a better listener, a better friend, a better son, a better brother, because if you can do all of those
0: things better and it's coming from the podcast, to me, that's the biggest learning, the biggest lesson. Totally, totally agree. Um, and, I, and I've seen like you have this infectious, positive energy that you carry around you. And I'm sure you've been able to meet so many kinds of people from different backgrounds that's made you like this social chameleon where you can basically not just fit in, but be able to connect with any kind of person and hear their story and resonate with it. Um, And I know along with that, like you've been very big into meditation and you kind of looked inward to find a lot of that uh, inner peace. Kind of talk about that journey. Uh, What made you want to start with meditation and how has that affected your experiences with the outside world as well? I would not be the
1: person I am today without meditation. My friend Tej Dosa was someone I followed on Twitter for a year. And everyone I followed on Twitter from 2018 to 2019 was like about making money and was about uh, living the good life. And my friend Tej was about all those things too, but he was also about love and kindness. And you could see how it was infused in his work. You could go to at comedic on Twitter to find out what I'm talking about exactly. He still has it to this day. And so I always said to myself, like, why, why does this man have such love? Why does this man have such appreciation for fellow humans? Why is his writing different? And I knew that he had meditated for 10 years. He started when he was like 16, 17 and he was like 26, 27. And I said, all right, if Tej does meditation, I might as well try it. I tried it 20 minutes in the morning for three months straight. I was like, this is, I don't, I don't see any benefits from this. I don't think this works for me, whatever. This is interesting. I tried it though, but then I drove a car for the first time in three months because I was living in San Diego, came back to New York and I'm driving the car and I'm sitting at a red light and I'm like, I want this light to be green, 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 go, go, go is what was happening in my head. And I noticed that was happening in my head and I start laughing and I'm like, oh my God, every time I've been at a red light, I've wanted it to be green. I've wanted to just be green. Go faster, faster, faster. Oh my God. And so to me, that was like meditation works in that moment, three months later, because I was like, I can change my thought. I can recognize my thought and I can change it. So it was, it started with 20 minutes in the morning. I eventually went to an hour starting in, in May of 2020 and an hour straight. And I just got deeper and deeper on who I was, what I cared about. What were the things holding me back? What were my blocks? And in that process came the podcast. I started meditating in September of 2019. I started the podcast in September of 2020. The podcast is the most true thing that I've ever done in my life. And it's a direct result of meditation.
0: Dude, I'm never gonna look at a red light the same again. <laughs> Honestly. Um, the car is a great place for enlightenment. Like, so
1: like just time driving. To time to Yes, time to yourself. Um, people cutting you off um just like not getting what you want having to stop like there's so many little things there that you could really look at and be like there there's a way to grow in the car Mm -hmm. so if you're listening to this in the car right now pull over the side road dm me at hey danny Brando. i'm curious to
0: hear if there's anyone doing that yes definitely do that um it's interesting so a lot of people they feel like there's some friction when starting a new habit, whether that be reading or working out or meditation or something like that, right? How do you make it so that meditation is a natural part of your life that doesn't feel like it's this extra thing you need to do? Or how would you recommend someone actually get started with it? You're meditating when you're in the shower,
1: if you're showering without your phone. Like, You're not thinking of it as meditation, but you're lost in your thoughts and you get your best ideas from it. Everyone says that I get my best ideas in the shower. Why? You're meditating. You're lost in nothingness and you're, you're not thinking about yourself or you are thinking about yourself and you're coming to greater ideas about yourself. So I would say to people who don't want it to be another thing, just do it while you do another habit, like taking a shower or on the toilet or brushing your teeth. Just think about nothingness and just think about life and just like,
0: be aware that you're thinking. That's what meditation is. Interesting. So say someone's about a uh, hop in the shower in five minutes. What would you say is like a instruction manual? Like, where do I get started with meditation? Like right now? I, I would say, what is the first thing that comes to your mind?
1: And then what's the second thing that comes to your mind? And then what's the third? And just watch that unfold. Watch that process unfold because that is happening all the time in the background. We just often don't recognize
0: that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Um, something you mentioned was that like you saw Tej kind of talk a little bit about this and you know, there's that cliche, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think to some extent, it's definitely very true. And you mentioned that you're at a point now where you have a lot of people who basically want to be friends with you, then you have bandwidth to kind of explore, right? So how do you think about your circle? How do you think about protecting your time? How do you find that balance of distractions all around you and you just being able to focus on the things that you need to be doing basically i trust my intuition i have very i feel like i have a very great gauge of character and
1: i also know that i i just love people man like and i appreciate people and so i feel like also you the energy that comes back to you is what you put out and what you believe deep in your heart about yourself and I believe great things about myself. I treat myself like I'm my own child basically, and I tell myself all the things that I would say to myself. Um and and I I just trust. I trust myself. I trust
0: life. I trust my own intuition. I love that. I love that. Going a bit back before this podcast around like 2018 time you got this interest in e-commerce and drop shipping and you spoke about how you got focused on like making some quick cash and that was kind of a distraction from your true calling, right? Um, I believe you made like a golf equipment store and then like a personalized That's... gifting store. Yeah. Um what was the story there? Why'd you get into it? And then why'd you end up stopping? What was that turning point of like, okay, this maybe doesn't make sense? So
1: what's crazy about this is yesterday I was interviewed and someone told me that I had started or I had this idea of a website called carpe dm meaning like carpe dm like you're here a day and my initials exactly <laughs> and this was in 2018 in June of 2018 and instead of doing the thing that i knew that i was called to do i decided how can i live in other per- people's reality how can i make money quickly how can i how can i fulfill that part of me and i don't know if that that is is right or wrong for everyone but i know for me i should have done carpe diem because that was about helping people seize their day. And that's what I'm doing with the podcast. And that is a deep truth within me. That is a calling. And so my belief is from watching myself unfold, right? I have the sunny times at six years old where I started a newsletter to help people be happier. I have command your time when I'm time management tips for people at 13. And now I've carpe diem. I want to help people like, live the best possible version of their lives through habits. And now doing the podcast and knowing the podcast is the most true version of me. I see the through line. I see that there's a calling there that I did not choose. It is to help people live the best possible versions of their own lives. I didn't create that for myself. That was there. That is in my blueprint. That is in my manual. I can't do anything about it. If I stop doing that, I am going to hurt in some way. I'm going to have dis-ease there's going to be dis-ease within me. And so the reason why I start, stopped drop shipping, the reason why I stopped doing the golf store and the, the personalized gift store is because I felt this ease within myself because I knew that I was living out the
0: calling of someone else. So that's that's pretty much it. That's very fascinating. And from an outside perspective, you seem to be someone who like has an incredible work ethic. You were doing so much and three podcasts a week in such a short amount of time—it's like that's incredible. And I and I bet you feeling like this is your true calling is actually what allows you to not burn out, or because you feel like it's the natural thing to do, so it probably doesn't even feel like work to you.
1: Correct. It's not work.
0: Three conversations a week. How
1: difficult does that do? If I if I said, "Hey, man, I have three conversations a week," what would you say?
0: You say, "I could do that. Okay. I do that already." That's how I feel. I love that. That's incredible. So, do you? like outsource anything or how, like cuz you're doing a lot how much of this is actually are you posting the reels making those edits like what are you responsible for besides the conversations and what are other people helping you out with you're basically asking are you an ai are you a real human <laughs> exactly that's a, that's another way to ask it
1: um my man video king pablo has done the video editing for the podcast since around episode 300 i did everything myself for the first 300 episodes and Video King Pablo noticed in me that he one he loved the podcast, and two he was like, "There needs like I can do this better." And he was right; he could do it better. So every day he told me he DM me, he was like, "Yo, I could help you out." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I've heard that a lot. Everyone thinks they can help me out." He then sends me a clip every day for thirty days straight, and they're great clips, and they're getting better every week. And I could see how much he loves the podcast, and I'm like, "Wow." I have to hire this guy. He cares. And so dealing with Video King Pablo has made me realize, like, it's all available. If you want it bad enough, you can make it happen. You could literally DM Conor McGregor every single day and be like, I'm going to do a clip for you every day. And if you do a clip for Conor McGregor every single day, I guarantee within three months of you doing that, someone from his team is going to contact you in some way. And so, and that's true for every single person. And it's like, oh, wow. It's really all for the taking if you believe in yourself and you want it that bad. Anyway, what I do, what I'm responsible for, for the podcast is having the conversation, having the interview, record, recording it, posting it like after video King edits it, then I publish it and then I do the research
0: as well. So. Got it. Wow. That's incredible. How about like a, cause you seem to be very efficient because there's a lot that you're doing. What does your like daily schedule look like? Uh, So I guess I'll give you today, since that is the most top of mind.
1: 7 a.m. I woke up, or 6.30 I woke up. Uh, At 7 a.m. I went for a run with my buddy. We did a six-mile run. Um, After that, I came back home, showered. I got coffee with uh, one of my previous podcast guest daughters, um, who's an incredible speaker in her own right. Um, Then I recorded a podcast, a guest appearance. Now I record another guest appearance today. And now we're at 3.36 PM. And after this, I'll
0: probably eat something for the first time. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'm curious because as a podcaster myself, I want to hear this. Um, How in touch are you with all of your previous guests? Because now you have 400. Do you find a way to make sure, like hold yourself accountable to like stay in touch with them? Because that's a lot of people. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't have. If I think my, my tactic
1: is if I think of someone, I, I let them know. And I text them or I send them a message or if they inspire me in some way, I, I'm i just very forthright about compliments and keeping in touch with people, but I don't have any system. I don't have any blueprint. I just And I don't have any CRM. I just am like a human being and I'm doing the best I can. And I think people notice that and people appreciate that because for me, it's like, you're going to send me a message once every three months on the month every, on the first, of every, I'm
0: going to be like, what, what the hell is this guy doing? Like a bot. Oh, it's like a program. It's a bot. This is an AI automation. So uh, I keep it human. That's incredible, man. Um, there's only three minutes left in this call I see at the top. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute honor. And I mean, I've changed my podcasting style just watching the way that you've put in that in-depth research into your guests. And it's really through osmosis just reflected back on me. And so I appreciate what you're doing. I love your genuine enthusiasm and care for each of your guests and just keep doing what you're doing. Last thing I want to ask, I see there's two minutes here. You had once said that your fifth, your, your uh, 500th episode, you want it to be in Madison Square Garden, right? Now you're already past 400. That's coming close. Oh wow. my God. I, I didn't even realize I put that into the universe. You put that into the universe and now oh hopefully, hopefully you're manifesting it. But who would you want that to be and what would you want that conversation to be about? Wow. I don't know. We're gonna need some crazy things to happen in the next eighty five
1: episodes. I'm down, because I did not know that that is out there. But um, I, in my head, I have ten incredible guests that are gonna come in for the podcast, and I don't know what who those guests are. But people inspire me in some way, and um, you know, it's crazy because you hear something like that, and now I'm like thinking like, how can I do it? So, so I, I wasn't thinking that way about three minutes ago. But now I'm thinking, how could I make that my 500th episode in Madison Square Garden? So, Mm. food for thought. Thanks for inspiring me, man. Well, thanks for what you do. Appreciate it, Annie.